welcome to the strategy show we explore with real people how to develop and deploy strategies that work we discover how they overcome obstacles along the way balancing both achievement and fulfillment we dive into the most powerful routines tactics and strategies and discover how they manage to stay fresh strong and happy this is your host simon severino we are here today with Lars Maidel, leadership coach, business consultant, and lecturer at various business schools across Europe. Hi, Lars. Hello. Great to have you here. Thank you so much for inviting me. What are you currently creating? I'm creating, I would say, sort of a new profession. In uh, the Leadership coaching is, a, is, a very, is 30 years old, something. But I believe leadership coaching, career advice changes quite a bit in these times of, 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 of modern careers. And I try to create a new way, you know, a more intimate and more impactful uh, profession of out of leadership coaching. What is the difference between the traditional model and the disrupting one now? What's changing? I think what's changing is, um, and you know, it's my subjective perception because this is a market where coaches don't mingle in that way and an exchange. But I, I would say um, coaching has seen from the life coaching direction to be very much on the supportive part. Listening, giving attention, being very present with your client and help him or her uh, to develop her own ways uh, to overcome hurdles. And I believe um, in a, uh, that when supporting is extremely important to build up the trust, especially in the beginning of the coaching sessions. But then you also have the right to challenge, to challenge your client, to, to, uh, to be a bit, you know, pushy sometimes. It's the loving boot. And I think this is uh, uh, something that is, that is number one that has to, to be part of coaching to be impactful. Second, um, uh, careers are changing. You know, when before uh, you had to be, been a coach for the oil industry or you're being coached for, for an industry segment, you knew how these careers went uh, well or were developing in, in a certain area. I believe now coaches, uh, uh, top coaches, uh, are much more confronted with various uh, career paths. They are completely crazy sometimes. You know, they're they are out of the box. They change. And so um, it's not my knowledge about an industry I can use anymore. It's about my the, uh, being a trusted advisor, being close to that person, being as free, as daring, as change-loving as, as your, as your, as your uh, coachee. And this is changing. This is changing in my way. And I want to be there. And third part, it's getting much more international. National careers in Austria uh, are, are still present. I would doubt if they are very successful. You know, I was, when I started my activities two years ago, I, I decided only to work in English, even yes. being in Vienna. Yes. And I had lots of pushback on that yes. from friends, from colleagues, from the first clients. But I decided to stay on that because this was also my hypothesis yeah. that we are now in a global niche. Right. And uh, so can you elaborate a little bit more? What, what was your experience, your, your, your hypothesis? Yeah, um, I was confronted with the same pushback than you are. Uh, uh, and for me, it was very, 
very peculiar because uh, um, I always studied in English. I did my first my first uh, science uh, water management study in in Austria in in German, but all the rest my 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 MBA, the Master of Business Informatics, and the and the coaching profession I learned in English. So of course I used English um, uh, because I didn't even know the German the German uh, you know professional phrases, and uh, the pushback was huge. You know that that uh, uh, you try to be something better, it's curious, you know, a very, very mm-hmm. bizarre uh, uh, things. But of course I learned that the, despite a very good education system in Austria, many people don't use their English after they leave school. And it's like, um, it's like, a, like a, a constant, you know, uh, uh, a feeling of, 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 of being not good enough when you talk English to them. So this, and this, but this is changing very quickly. So I think what what we too experienced is going to vanish a bit because now uh, uh, what I see from my children, uh, English is part of their uh, part of their life, due to the internet, YouTube channels. It's on their phone. Their it's on phone their phone. The, for them, for them, you know, we, we when we were young, we looked at the Swedes because they did not uh, uh, they did not uh, translate the f- yeah. the movies in the, in the television. Yeah, in the Netherlands. In the Netherlands. Yeah. So they, their English was much better. And now, even that the Austrian television would never go there, I believe, uh, internet does it. So, so they, as as the English proficiency rises, and that's a good thing. I love that. We don't have a TV in our home. So I hope my kids, they will just learn through Netflix, YouTube and whatever is there. Exactly. And that's in English, basically. Exactly. I exactly. Hope and you say the provocative part is what's changing the coaching industry because that helps the client much more than only supporting and empathy and basically how we learned it. Yeah. We, we talked right before about Gary Vee and how he was an inspiration to both of us. Mm. And uh, Gary basically... While talking to you, I was thinking it. he has a kind of the function that the Zen gurus had or the meditation gurus <laughs> had on me yes. like 20 years ago when I was yes. going there and sitting and they would say, why aren't you in Europe? Go back home. Don't you have a family? Go there. there there's where the magic happens. You don't need to sit here. <laughs> <laughs> so this moment of yes. disillusionment, which yes. is very healthy. And... Uh, I think he's transporting something. He's making part of that for the whole society, yes. which is disillusioning young people and saying, you know, all these paths that that traditionally you should think of, yeah, it won't work. You need to get on your own feet right. as fast as possible. Just document what you are and what you do and start from there in small right. steps every day. Yes. Yes. Uh, I would not say provocative because you know, sometimes you you do you do an intervention that is paradox, yeah. Because then it's so funny that you know your coach he realizes that how how how, how to, maybe he rethinks his or her uh, uh, message in that moment. It's not. It's. I would rather call it challenging. You know, you are allowed as a coach to challenge a bit because this is this brings better views, better ideas, if you, if you push back sometimes in a good way, never harming, never, never uh, uh, patriarchic, of course, patronizing, but in a way that, that, that it's still, you know, that you're at the tip of your, of your toes when you're in this coaching session. 
because if 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 you just feel well and it, if if you come there to to you know to spit out your anger and 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 say blah what is shit in my job and this is I believe you know I mean you can earn money with it but it's 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 a thin line because many coaches especially um, where I learned in Ashridge and it was the Gestalt Gestalt uh, concept and uh, um, the positive leadership is is to do that as little as possible. And um, I, I had a wonderful teacher in the UK, uh, 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 Nancy Klein, who, who has the concept of more or less only listening, asking decisive questions and only listening. Yeah? And I liked it a lot and it has a lot of power. But in my, you know, I'm in a leadership uh, coaching area. Uh, my clients are the C-level and the CEOs of this world. And they, they are, maybe a little bit more adapted yeah, towards being challenged. And they, they, they reach their They peak. need more challenge because their team is not allowed anymore to challenge them. Exactly, exactly. That's interesting that you say that. You, you take the role of the, uh, uh, also of the uh, Halleck, huh? yeah. because you are the guy or, or the girl who is allowed to talk. Yeah? You are paid to do that. And in a way you're paid to do that. Yet I know every time I do that, uh, and that's why I say I, I create this profession because you know it's it's trial and error, of course. And sometimes you hurt people. This is it happens not very often, but it's you know you don't see it, you you don't realize it. Too. Sometimes I realize it too late when you challenge too much, and uh, then you get a feedback like Lars, you know the next time it shouldn't hurt so much. That's a that's an alarm sign. So I uh, I'm very careful. Um, and the other thing is when you when you challenge and your coachee really takes it on and says, you're so right, you know, and thank you for that message. You know what then? There is a natural instinct to do it again and again and again and to go to challenge even more, to be sucked into that, that joyful feeling that you have an impact, that you see. So uh, I, I, I handle it with care. There is two topics where I basically think about this a lot every week. Yes. How challenging do we formulate it right now? The right. first one is when companies say, can you help us become agile? Yes. Can we reorganize in a way that we have cross-functional teams and we are faster and mm. more customer oriented? And I think, can I say what I think at the moment? You shouldn't reorganize. You should just disorganize. Yes. Just stop this whole legacy organization and start small ones, new ones, because I will make a lot of money the next three years if we reorganize right. but it's so much effort and the structures are so solid mm. it would be much easier to start from scratch right and then the second part is this technology and disruption part where especially in austria um i'm talking to people who say where will the drones come in and they say oh that's in 15 years and i say Oh, okay, and how is this process look like when it's uh, automized? And then they say, oh, that's in 10 years. And I'm like, mm, should I tell you that it's going to happen much faster than in 10 years? That yeah. it's, it's here already. You just, it's not in the room, but it's here. <laughs> and so how do you, how do you balance that? Well, I try to do it with... Uh, uh, a best practice in the coaching profession with contracting, with very clear contracting. Mm -hmm. You know, when I contract for a coaching topic, I try not to tell. I try not 
to give expert advice, mm-hmm. but to develop the thought of my client. Yeah, and sometimes, as you say, it it it, it reaches these areas uh, where you believe uh, that assumption might be uh, very easy to challenge. That you that I change the the contract and I say, okay, let's get out of our coaching topic. What I would like now to do is, uh, or where would you like to follow uh, now in a like in an expert coaching or in a in a career advice? Uh, uh, should we elaborate on that topic? And then I go into a new contract, mm-hmm. and in that contract, it's possible to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you, you 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 discuss what I read in the Harvard Business Review, what I read, uh, what I hear from my other clients, and then you go into an into a discussion. In more, mm-hmm. And 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 you challenge. You know, do you really believe as a CEO that you have these ten years? Do you really believe? I mean, uh, are there other voices in your in your in your company? And then you can go there. But I try to do it via different contracts. So you recalibrate uh, and renegotiate the role or really like the actual con- contract on paper? Ah, well, you know, you contract on paper for, for the whole 10 sessions, for example, over a, a period of, of uh, three months, three, four months. But then, of course, you, you recontract uh, Every single each session, session yeah. because sometimes a coach comes in and says, Lars, today I want to talk about this special thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you cannot imagine what happened to me. And sometimes you recontract within the session. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's different. Mm-hmm. But, but in, this was very peculiar in, in Ashridge to be very clear on your contracting practice. Mm-hmm. And this I, I became a part of mine. What about technological disruption? You had four academic careers Yes, so far. And uh, Uh, what's your take on young people and how they approach their job seeking right now? Well, I don't know if it's so much a a question of disruption. It's rather a question of how bad we did it in the past. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, I learned uh, Latin and Old Greek uh, uh, for for each eight years, uh, which was, uh, well, interesting, yeah. But in my, my current life, it, it, it carries a lot of weight in the humanistic thinking. But um, what I want to say, the paradigm of my education was that of my grandparents. Mm-hmm. Yeah? We believe that, that, that uh, studying this uh, will, will be very, uh, make us, make us uh, wise people, I believe. Yeah, you will be a great doctor. Definitely. A great doctor. Again. So, so, I mean, I don't want to devaluate it. Yeah? But... Um, much more concrete when I work with with men and women around 50 you know they had quite um, stringent careers with some paradigms you should stay in each session in each position five to seven years you should not jump too often because then you're a job hopper uh, you uh, you should work very hard when you're t- from from you know study er- quick and then work very hard and, um, and, 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 and house, family, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And with 50, you try to retire. Mm-hmm. Um, big corporations are, are safe. Uh, self-employment yeah. is, is, is insecure. Risky, yeah. It's risky. So these, you know, these, these uh, beliefs. And then, then and I'm very, I'm very happy because I have, uh, in my profession, I, at, at the universities, I come in contact with young people. And, I, and for my children as well. I, I realize they should be playful until 30, do different studies, try things out, working between travel, 
uh, be curious on the world. I mean, you know, diligent, disciplined, hard driven, but playful. And only start the serious business of family and, 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 and a full-time job in their 30s mm-hmm. yeah, and later. Uh, and then they have, they have the competencies, I believe, or they train much better the competencies. What I see, what makes senior managers and C-level uh, um, successful these days. The mediator of the power, you know, the listener, the one who, who, who creates uh, information flow lowers hierarchy, opens up the floor for discussion, allows diversity. So like, a, you know, you, you're, you're, more the, you're more the mediator than uh, the authoritarian leader in that way. And this mediation, this, this, uh, this accepting human nature, this being close to people, liking the conflict, being able to, to, to um, um, uh, contain the conflict. These skills you learn out of the playfulness in the early years and mingling with different people. And you have to be very sure of your position in the world and in life and in that context to allow that diversity and complexity to e- unfold, right? Ex- exactly, exactly. And, I, I, and here I also realize uh, uh, my limitations as a father, being mm-hmm. raised in this other paradigm, you know, uh, pushing my children towards performance, towards uh, reaching uh, the first professional goal quickly, going into these big brands that uh, where you work 14, 16 hours. Um, I had this still in mind, you know, unconsciously when I gave them, when I, when I gave them advice or when I tried to steer them. And I realized a huge pushback from them. And right so, because it does not fit anymore when playfulness, when trying out, when, 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 when finding your role, as you say, uh, Simon, finding your role in the world before you really start the performance phase, yeah? I have to rethink it. I think we have a couple of things in common. First is we are both dads and uh, also we took a long time to find our um, market position, our strength, our true voice. Yes, I, I saw from from a jazz musician's uh, a, a quote, which was beautiful. He says, "Man, sometimes it takes me a long time to sound like myself." <laughs> <laughs> and I thought about me because it, it took yes. me thirty five years to find the right spot to be yes. finally freelance and to go all yes. in on that. Yes, but I had I don't know twenty five years of. <laughs> experimenting different contexts and different things yes. until to get there. Yes. How, how was your, your yes. path? See, but I think you're lucky. You were very fast. <laughs> took me much longer. Yeah. Uh, and funny, I have a deja vu because uh, on Monday I was in, in, in Barcelona with the, with the coaches of Yese. Mm-hmm. And we are around 20, 25 international coaches. It's a very nice community. And we, we took the chance to all come to Barcelona and to talk about ourselves, to present ourselves five to ten minutes to the team. And I thought, how do I start? And then it came to me that I said, you know, um, my family, my original family uh, comes from Estonia and was an aristocratic uh, 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 country uh, people. And they had only three professions. They were soldiers, they run the estate, or they were priests. Mm -hmm. And so out of that heritage, I came to Vienna as a refugee, uh, in a refugee family. I was not a refugee, of course, but my my grandparents. Um, And so... What did I say? I started as a soldier, of course. It was so close to my heritage. Yeah? So I was two years with the Austrian army. 
in in Austria and Cyprus, and then so and then I was at the, I realized this is exactly not the place where I belong. Yeah, uh, and it took me really eight completely different professions and four different master studies to reach my vocation, and I reached it with forty eight. Yeah, with forty eight, I made myself self employed as a business coach, and since then. Uh, my learning curve, my my happiness, my my satisfaction, my the 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 the, uh, the mastering mastering new new situations has increased vastly. One of your paradigms was being freelance is risky, and uh, being in a large corporation is safe. Yes, right. That's what we learned. Yes, uh, in the seventies, eighties, nineties. Yes, and uh, how do you think now about that? <laughs> um, you know, uh, I think today obviously different about it. Yeah, but I, I just one short short story from from how I learned it. Um, uh, with Egon Zender, we did a lot of management appraisals, so ma evaluating, controlling man uh, management uh, uh, when 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 corporations took over and an, an, uh, Eastern European corporation, and especially the women in Eastern Europe, they had one constant belief they said if i come to your country to austria yeah i will work as a self-employed woman and i asked them why i mean don't you want to stay with the bank or don't you want to stay they said no no that's much too risky it's much too risky yeah uh, to be uh, 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 in these political organizations mm -hmm. where 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 sometimes not only performance but other things count where you don't know when when it's time to restructure, when you don't know when it's time to grow, it's you're not you are not running your own your own career. And I thought, wow, that's new to me. Yeah. That's wisdom. That's wisdom. That's wisdom. That's female wisdom. Uh, and and now and now uh, after eight years of executive co uh, executive um, search and uh, uh, leadership services and and six years as a coach. I truly believe that, you know, um, uh, self-employment, having faces in your career of, of doing things not in a corporate context, adds enormously to your, to your personal growth. So if we think of the now 25 to 35-year-old people, because lots of them are, are watching right now and listening right now, yeah. what would we give them as advice how to start I mean you know from my background as a, as a leadership coach working with the sea level of this world yeah um, uh, I would say we measure uh, potential in young people uh, by their curiosity their insight their determination and their engagement with people. So that's the technical part of, of, of assessing potential in, in, as, as we did it with, with my, one of my firms. Um, so curiosity, you know, be curious on the world. If you say my father was a lawyer, so the, I do the lawyer, I am all, I'm also the lawyer and, and, and you know, I want to stay in my hometown because then I inherited the house of my parents and this is easy and I, all my friends are here. I mean, that's nice. I don't evaluate that. I call them the local heroes, yeah, and that's a that's a that's a way of living, of course. But 
if you really want to in, 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 engage in the world as it is, is, is evolving, if you really want to be part of this completely new thinking, uh, I believe uh, these uh, local heroes, they, a little bit, they have the, 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 the challenge to be stuck in traditional thinking. So what I would think, curiosity means uh, um, do a study, whatever you like, uh, without thinking of the career, go abroad with that. In our Europe, we have this Erasmus program, which was amazing. Not only it was the basic of many marriages around uh, the, the different nation states, it was an amazing um, uh, uh, mobility shift. And I think it changed, changed so many people to the good. So travel, work in different places, work in different places. Um, uh, curiosity, insight, try to learn from people, try to learn from literature, try to learn from everything that you experience. This, uh, um, uh, this book from, from Carol Dweck about this, you know, the dynamic, the dynamic uh, mindset and the, and the static mindset. You develop your dynamic mindset by, by saying, today I have no clue about this topic, but tomorrow if I, if, I, if I engage in that, I can be a pro. This dynamic mindset that does not say I'm an Austrian lawyer who learned that and, and this is what I'm good at and I have to defend my, my talent and I have to stick there and to be defensive when anybody challenges me that the lawyer profession will be completely different in 10 years. This is, this is I think, where I would, where I would, the advice would be to avoid these traps uh, about you have to have a house when you're 35, you have to get kids when you're 40. You know, all these paradigms, they won't carry. The paradigms that carry today is having a dynamic mindset, being open, being curious, doing different things, doing lots of stuff. Yeah? We had talked about Gary Vee. I think this was one of his, his sayings. Do lots of stuff. And then decide come get close, do what you ever want, become more focused. For some people this will happen with 30, for others with 35, for others with 50 plus. It's always the right timing. Thinking of Gary, he has his, his nuts and bolts business with 300, 400 employees. Yes. And then he has all these innovations and he plays with them basically every day and innovates kind of every week. And uh, there is this dilemma, I'm curious, about your perspective. There is this dilemma that we say in coaching nowadays in the agile um, ages, we say start quickly, start small, start now basically, before right. you, have, you have the mastery, bef before you have the, the, the mature skill set, start just now, it will grow with you. Yeah. On the other side, I also have the experience myself and I see people who go freelance too early and, uh, and did not learn the craft behind it. So of course the competence, the market is not there, but that is something you can grow. But on the other side, the mindset and the craft, the basic craft, like for me, it was being uh, four years in St. Gallen with Professor Fredmund Malik, who was my master and my mentor mm. and uh, after it I had the the inner uh, competence and feelings after a number of large projects done well from end to end well 
I think I can do that and people say I can do that. Now yes. I will try the risky part of doing it under my name. Yes. But the risk then is, it's not such a big risk if you know what you're doing. And uh, it, it's just a risk of, will you find the right market, the right oh. people who care mm. about that and who are the right clients basically. Mm. But it's, it's, it's a, a part of a risk. It's not a really risky thing, but it can be risky if you don't have that craft Mm. part behind it how do you how do you see that mm. use it uh, freelance i would not use freelance is mm -hmm. one option the other would be self-employed and building your own company mm -hmm. which can grow of course with employees to to to, to mm -hmm. a big scale you know uh, so it's 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 self-employment and it's freelance mm -hmm. and you say too early you know um there is obviously we both know there is not, not a formula Uh, what I truly believe is it. we cannot start early enough with that. It's not about, you You have a study, the, the, the you learn something, but you find your masters, you know, wherever you find them. You you found it, what he said, in, in, in St. Gallen. Others find it in, 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 you know, not within a corporation, but within their network where they work. And I think it's not so much the question of the age. I would also like to stress that. We have a chancellor now in Austria who is 32 mm -hmm. years in age. The business community is around 45 to 60. So they have to change their bosses to, to communicate with the chancellor of the Republic because he could be their child. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you know, age. Paul Paulson said, for example, that he said that um, uh, he always wants to have a person within the age group of 35 in his boards. Because, you know, many corporations I work here in Europe, they tell me about their talent program and then I ask them, how old are the, your, 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 your men and women in your talent program? And they say around 39 to 42. You know, in my world, these are no talents anymore. I mean, they are. You know, you know what I mean. So uh, it's it we there is this paradigm of seniority, of gray hair, of you have first you have to experience these things. I agree to a certain extent, um, but to challenge you a bit, I would say no. If somebody uh, wants after his direct after his college to 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 go into his own profession, it's as good. As first learning a big in, the, in, a, in a larger scale and and then there is this question in which industry should I go which yes. was an easier one for us because yes. there were a number of industries and they were very different and quite stable yeah and now they are blurry they are emergent they are exploding imploding yeah and then there are some exponential parts and then How do we say to young people how to find their right job if their right job maybe doesn't even exist? And which which um, professions are surely yeah. uh, not going to be there in five to ten years? <laughs> yeah. See, where I, I love your question, but but you know, I I think we should go we should not go there too deep because do you and I know what what professions will be there in ten years? No. Do we really know? No. I mean, what is, and, and you know, have you ever seen any person? Well, there are two yeah. where I would say they will yeah. not exist in five years. 
radiologists because that will be done by machines I agree. The, the diagnostic part yes so just a medical assistant will be helping interpreting the thing but <laughs> IBM Watson will 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 do their job see I'm sorry you're totally right I mean and taxi and, drivers and cab taxi drivers, drivers cab drivers, and many more and many more jobs I mean we know there is the list of the most you know secure and most insecure jobs and uh, you can read it and no no I agree that no but one thing is we don't really know what jobs will be there in 10 years you say the ones that will go away some of them we know quite well others maybe it will take much longer but more important have you ever seen any person who had the same interest the same industry and the same uh, job imagine uh, um, uh, vision when he was 18 or when he was 60 i mean I mean, any CEO with whom I work made many, many different evolutions in his career, rearranged his interests, made, you know, made a different, made a new, opened a new, a new chapter, maybe in the same global corporation, but in very different situations. So I would say, you know, start with a slight interest. Start with something uh, that you, that you, that, that excites you. And when your parents say, but, but, you know, I would rather see you in medicine, law or in business, you say, sorry, that's not me. Yeah? Start with a slight interest. I know this always sounds like a slogan these days, you know, old man who tried to be wise now. But it's, it's, it's dear, direct from the, the bottom of my heart. We have 2,200 around directions of studying of academic directions in Austria. 85% only use a very, very little, very little few of them. I believe, I truly believe that is a disadvantage. That is a disadvantage. So there are all the options there and they are not used due to groupthink, old beliefs and the inability to, to, to change from the parent side. How much percent of what you did last week comes from what you've learned in your four academic programs? I, I love the question. And I believe it's, 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 it's nearly impossible to answer because intellect, knowledge, uh, you know, it, it, it all mingles in a person and, and finally it makes, it makes this this profession to an art. You cannot really say where was the part when I learned this intervention, when I learned how to take a person in the right way. Was this when I was a water engineer? Was this when I was an army soldier? Was it at the time when I was working in a bank or a man? The social skills. Yeah, M&A consultant or a headhunter. So yet, what I used in my coaching in the last week were of course methodology and tools that I learned in Ashridge in my master in executive coaching. Also when it was about my getting new projects, doing the sales pitch, selling myself to new clients, I was very well trained with Egon Zender with the, with the executive search profession. When it came to to understanding my client who is an who is running a, 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 a big technical corporation, my first 
my first education as an engineer helped me to connect, to to know when he talks about you know technical features and 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 uh, challenges in his profession with the technical staff. So um, to answer it in a different way, the most I gain most from my different uh, professions and my various educations that I have a language, I, I, I know the language of my client, I know the language of my coachee, I understand where he or she comes from and what makes her or him successful. And this creates trust. And as you know, in our profession, at least in my leadership profession as a trusted advisor, trust is my currency. Trust is the new currency of the business. When people trust me, they open up, then coaching becomes meaningful. And I create trust by by having so many different uh, experiences in my own life. And this is where all four educations come in, of course. Now I'm thinking about trust, but also about the last point, the um, uh, how much percent of what I did last week yeah. comes from what I learned. And maybe it's, I don't know, half half where I'm doing mm. these large reorganizations into agile mm. with with legacy companies in Europe. Well, that's something I learned in, in traditional consulting. Mm. But like we did before, uh, this team is learning every week which lights are the right ones and how to yeah. install this in a way that it doesn't drop. We didn't mm. learn that. It mm. was not on our agenda. It was on nobody's agenda mm. that you can come up with your own television studio in, in yeah. your living room and uh, you can run a company from your phone, that you can yes. scale the company without having people in one large room sitting there. Exactly. That was not even yeah. a perspective. Yeah. So we didn't learn the technicalities of that. And every week we are learning something new. We, our community manager, Hannah, she yes. she started tagging these videos hmm. so we learned uh, that you should tag so that people find these videos so she started tagging and put a couple hmm. of tags hmm. next day we were blacklisted by youtube and uh, and the views dropped to zero so she calls youtube and says what's going on and she finds out we are being blacklisted because of a combination of tags that the algorithm interpreted as we are an online casino <laughs> that's how we learn from week yes. to week and yes. the, the combinations are for you yes. the combination is strategy and investors don't do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah we should not make i think there are two things the one is that you learn on the job and it's dynamic and you're with other people and it's a lot of interpersonal and team learning and what we've learned at the university and uh and I like very much the concept of how the top universities in the world, they see their, their teaching uh, change and evolve. First of all, they go global, mm -hmm. like uh, yes, a business school now in the US, in South America and Asia, uh, in Europe and Munich, they, they go global, uh, others did before. And the other thing is they try to be, you know, the learning partner for the rest of your life. They, they say at a business school, you learn interaction. And interaction doesn't stop when you're 25 or when 29, when you finish your MBA, it continues. So the universities become the hub where you always return for the next level of, of learning. 
for the next level of, of interaction. So there is a career development center and it follows you from your first graduation to the rest of your career. And you know, when you think of that, I like the idea because the two of us, we had the paradigm right now, I, I thought so, that, okay, I studied and then when I was 25, I finished my first studies. So this was my education. Absolutely. That's, 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 that's a nice concept. But I think it's completely out of fashion. I was a water manager, you know, a water engineer in my first profession, uh, uh, making to purify water to make it drinkable. And I think the technology I learned when I was when I was young, I mean, people would laugh at me, you know, about what I've learned from the technology part because it's completely outdated. But also the way how these how these how these whole industry organizes would be outdated. So. Let's let's when we when we want to know what we apply today, I love the concept that we apply everything we have learned, but in a very much more artful way. I started my first online course, uh, Innovation for Growth, um, to help uh, clients, alumni get yeah. the basic knowledge of how do you start an innovation project yes. and how do you grow that to a change movement yes. and how do you lead and sustain it over a period of time yes. so that it grows by itself. Yeah. And then I was asked, of course, by my team, what's the pricing? And I thought, I don't know, $500, $600, I don't know. I was yeah. searching for the average of price for that. And, that. and then I thought, no, it's not a one shot. Yeah. Of course, you could do it in five weeks, in six weeks, but it's not about that. It's having the basic knowledge, then it's having a structure that helps you going down with your anxiety at the beginning yes and going up with your confidence self-confidence and i can try i can start that not the confidence of i can do it but this confidence of i can start it i right. can do the first step right write my change statement etc yes. make a stakeholder analysis i can start the first thing and so i thought of exactly this what if I build a community inside of that? Then it's more in these six weeks. Okay, you learn the basics, you start something. So yes, you you start moving in your real context yes. of your real organization. But much more than that, you have a peer group of 12 to 15 people you can really trust and they care about you and you care about them and you give work critique to each other. So what what if it's much more that? And now I'm experimenting with uh, a, a monthly price, a much lower one, but I think it's the long game of mm. helping people um, build the networks they need mm. because the innovation, uh, the technical and the social innovation, which change all the time. Yeah. So this, you start something now, but in two years you have a very different situation, but you, have, you still have your 12 peers you can trust and you care about them. Yes. And you can call them up and say, how, how, how do you yes. do that? We had this, 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 this concept of the dynamic mindset of, of Carol mm -hmm. Dweck already. Yes, it's this dynamic mindset that you say, I change my tribe from time to time. I change the people I work with. I change. But whatever we generate adds up to my brand, to my personal knowledge, to my, to my skillfulness. Uh, and, you know, when we talked, I realized, I mean, we talk, we only talk for a certain space on this planet. We talk about this Western world where this, where our children have different opportunities. There is there is some wealth. Their parents did study, you know. Uh, uh, they sometimes uh, or had another good career without studying. Um, 
and we do look for purpose, mastery, and um, uh, 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 autonomy to be to be um, to feel motivation. I mean, but it's a privilege. We still have to be very much aware. We talk for. I heard you have a lot of American listeners, you know, mm -hmm. and, and what. So we, we talk about this developed world. I believe um, in many other areas, uh, as we talk, you know, would be perceived as, as, as completely outrageous because it's not apply applicable. Yeah. I, I always try to make myself aware that we talk of this really few few uh, parts of the liberal world. It's interesting. We, we, we talked about Gary Vee. Yes who is now in a very privileged position, but his history is a history of an immigrant mm -hmm. with a very small family business, which was not going that well and needed to be reinvented for the yes. new world of the digital. And uh, also myself, I'm not coming from uh, everything was uh, just ready and I had just okay. to chip in. Mm. Uh, if, if I think of the generations before us, we come yeah. from a rural family, which uh, yeah. uh, had to build everything. And, um, and when it was built, then came this period of recession where my grandfather had to leave his mm. country and to work in another country and to send mm. the dollars back in. Mm. So, and uh, my father was the first one in our family to study. So he went to another city, he, he mm. studied, mm. and, and um, now I'm following up and I studied. But my two boys, yeah, I don't think they can just continue this linear path of just studying and mm. everything will be good. I think maybe YouTube will be much more relevant to my both kids in mm. learning skills mm. <laughs> and such online mm. courses with, with communities mm. inside of them or... or mm maybe academic programs, but only if they have a good network yeah. and, and there's a social interaction that is yes. relevant. Because yes. what, what would be the role of universities yeah. and of knowledge? Yeah. See, let's make, I mean, I, I understand what he said. Uh, it's not about the social level. It's not about, you know, what your parents have done and, and, and that you can, can grow out of, uh, yeah, of when you're a gifted person of, out of everything. Um, in a very good way. No, the thing was where you are, the location in the world where you have born is makes quite some difference. Still, I'm I'm if I'm pretty sure that that um, the concept that at special points at special locations when 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 financial means when academia when uh, when resources uh, come together that you know we are here in Vienna. You know, Vienna in the 19th century um, uh, was the hub of the world because many things came together. Um, it is important where you where you live and where you're born and where you grow up. And I'm, it, it does, it's just my, my, a part of my gratefulness and mindfulness uh, trainings every day that I know very much, you know, how, 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 how lucky I am that I, I've grown up in Austria. This, this was only... I no, just read yeah. the biography of Trevor Noah, who was born in South yeah. Africa. Yes. You know this biography? I know this guy. I mean, I love him. Yes. Born crime. Yes. Beautiful. Beautiful. And, uh, yeah. and, and how his journey went. And now he's, uh, he has the Daily Show. And the Daily Show is hilarious. And, 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 and he's a really cool guy. And, and he lives in America. And he lives in New York, I believe. Yeah. So 
you go to the places where you have uh, where you have an opportunity. Mm. So uh, creating these places where more people have opportunity without having to take a risky migration journey onto their back is good leadership. The good leadership at the places, you know, the political leadership, the business leadership, and the and the and the NGO leadership at places uh, where 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 people live right now. So one of my you asked me for my my three three topics, you know, the one was create new uh, job uh, paradigms for young people. The second one uh, was uh, reach your peak. It's 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 make we have the dynamic mindset to 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 fulfill your dreams, change jobs, and 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 to 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 reach your vocation later on, at at some at some time in your career. And the third was this part of better leadership. We talked about it. Yeah, I think good leadership is, um, be it in politics, be it in in in, in business, uh, has the has a huge impact on the people who live there. Yeah, that's also why I made it. Why 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 this became my final profession. Let's talk about reach your peak. How do you reach your peak? How do you see when when peak is there? Reach your peak. You know, I always I like a, a metaphor. I like a picture that I that the, the smart person shared with me last week. He said, uh, you know, a butterfly before you are a butterfly, you are caterpillar. So does a caterpillar know that he will be a butterfly? He doesn't. He doesn't. I don't know. He doesn't. <laughs> I, I believe uh, the caterpillar doesn't know that. Yeah. And then he, the caterpillar wakes up and he hears wings or she has wings. Yeah. And I like this. I like this, this image. So um, you, 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 you do your work, you do your routine, you grow. You, I think to have to, to reach excellence, you need something like 10,000 hours and a lot of time investment and a lot of talent as well. But then again, but then again, uh, you could still be a caterpillar. Next time I feel like a worm, yeah. I will tell yes. myself that. You, you could, you could st still you fly. be you the, don't know the it caterpillar. Yet. <laughs> and, then, and then there are these moments of... of, of of change and enlightenment, and I think it be, it begins with your with starting your inner journey. It begins uh, uh, by by starting to ask yourself very uh, certain questions. You know, why do I have this emotional breakouts? Why do I hurt people from time to time? Why do I get the feedback? You know that I'm abrasive. I mean, you know, just listening to feedback and, and these things. Why did don't I, they call back? Did I really have an, a, a wonderful childhood? Did I really? Have, I mean, is it true? Yeah. Why do I have so many difficulties in? Uh, why do I have to work so hard to feel good? Why? What turned me into a perfectionist? So when these questions, you know, when you don't start to work harder, when you start to work smarter, when you ask yourself the questions that hurt. When you try to uh, not to regret things anymore, when you really take yourself serious and you know that life is very short, um, and uh, you know, um, and that uh, your energies will 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 go down one time, um, then then the butterfly can emerge. 
because then you start not to look for more satisfaction outside. You don't try to, uh, to overplay the pain by more and harder work. Then you start to, to, to listen to the, to the sound that is very much, very much, you know, not so noisy. And I think then people start, for example, to come to people like me. Coaching starts when people realize that they cannot work harder anymore. How do you embark in the inner journey? In, in my 20s, it was you find somebody who is a skilled psychoanalyst mm -hmm. and you lay down four times a week. And, uh, and later on, then the more modern psychoanalysis with two times a week and sitting. And, uh, but then, and then there were these workshops which are far away and mm -hmm. with some big names. And uh, is there a shift there? Uh, how do we embark in this journey? Or is it something that is much more in the everyday yeah. situation? Let's say in the professional, in the professional surrounding, in the professional paradigm. Um, large corporations these days help people to, to, to get feedback much earlier, help them, HR and human resources became more skillful in, in, in helping people not only to look at their knowledge and skills, but also to look at their values and, 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 and emotional patterns. So I like that a lot. I mean, I think there, there was a huge shift towards a better quality. So young leadership potential, young managers, young workers, young engineers, young technicians and scientists earlier in their life are confronted with dysfunctional uh, routines. That's a big, big achievement. So, and then you, you yourself have to, 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 to decide if you want to go there and, and, or, or not. And that's, that's, a, that's a tricky part, you know, if you're too frightened to go there or not. So then if you go there, you have a lot of, of, of opportunities within your corporation these days. They do mentoring, they do coaching, they, they give you learning class, they have peer, peer coaching, they have 360 degrees. They, I mean, I think there is a, and, and, and of course, leaders, uh, managers become much more skillful in giving feedback and in listening. So there is, there is, there is learning. Then business schools these days. Business schools um, are, are, are very much now giving a focus on, 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 the, on, the, on the interpersonal development as well and value development and humanity development. And then uh, also, when you look now, uh, when you work together with corporations like, like, like top management consultants, I mean, you know, you, you're always confronted with, 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 with in, in, that, in that, the higher you come in your career, you're confronted with very smart people. And these very smart people, they, they, they ask you questions that are not only uh, based on your profession. Like, for example, uh, recently I, I, I was coaching a CEO and, and he said, you know, there was a top management consultancy coming to me. And, and, and then we had a discussion. And of course, they wanted to sell a project, which is completely okay. But also they asked him, by the, and then they said, you know, now you're a new CEO. By the way, how do you want to change the culture of this corporation? What is your guiding principle? So they started. They start, you know, and when you are when you are when you are used to, to listen, you listen to smart and wise and insightful people, and you learn from everybody, buddy, from the janitor, from from everywhere. So when you are when you in, in when you start to engage or you know to take inside this dynamic mindset, 
that is the moment when you when when this learning you find it in many many different places only some that I that I that I refer to Thank you my friend for being part of the strategy show and you our listeners you will find the resources we mentioned as always on strategiesprints.com if you want others to help find this show you can leave a comment on YouTube or iTunes and recommend the show in your social networks keep rocking happy day simon